Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Edgerson, and we are here on Monday, October 17th. I hope everybody's having a great October and enjoying the changes in the seasons. That is, if you're from a part of the country that has changes in the seasons. But yeah, it's just really cool out here. You know, the leaves are changing. It's always a nice time of year. I'm not really looking forward to wintertime, but hey, the fall is cool. Hey, I wanted to thank Dr. Cyrus Ardalan for the review on the book, as well as Shanna for reviewing the book, Dental Practice Heroes on Amazon. Very much appreciate that. And if you give a five-star review to the book or the podcast, I will give you a shout out on the show. So I've been taking a lot of time off lately, more than usual, I guess. And I'm kind of running out of things to do. So I've been watching a lot of TV, but I've also been reading a lot of books lately. And I kind of want to share some of these ideas I've got from some recent ones. So I mean, if you're like me, I mean, you've got some issues with willpower. I think most people do and giving into temptation, those sort of things. And I'm not just talking about like chocolate, but I mean, I'm talking about anything that requires discipline. So, I mean, I've read these three really good books right now. I'm just going to tell you about them and I'm going to tell you some ideas that I took out of them and how they're applicable to what we are doing as dental practice owners and just individuals in general. But the three books are The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. The other one is Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. It was really good. And also The Molecule of More, How a Single Molecule Drives Love, Sex, and Creativity and the Future of the Human Race. And that's another book about dopamine. So if you really think about it, success to some degree is determined by our willpower. It's our ability to ward off distractions and to do the hard things when the easy things are tempting us. And Dopamine, that lovely little molecule, it's that chemical of motivation. So learning a little bit about recent research and how we can hack these systems has just been like really interesting to me as of late. So I'm really getting into these books. I finished all three actually, but yeah, they were really good and I'm applying a lot of things from it. So for me personally, I struggle a lot with eating. I mean, I'm disciplined all day long and then it comes nighttime, I'm watching TV or I'm laying in bed and I just can't sleep. So I just freaking eat. And I love, like love, love, love cereal. Like I just love cereal so effing much. Like I just can't tell you how much I love cereal. Like cinnamon toast crunch, like apple cinnamon checks, like like fruity pebbles, lucky charms. Dude, I mean, I love cereal. It's making me think I want cereal right now. But it makes me mad because I go all day. I eat great. And you know how you're not supposed to eat at nighttime. And then I eat a bunch of sugar and carbs at nighttime. And I completely like negate all of the progress I made during the day. And I work out like five, six days a week too. But as anyone who works out a lot knows, you can't outwork a bad diet. You just can't. And I'm not saying I'm like obese or anything like that. I'm definitely not. But, you know, just like everybody, I'd like to shed a few pounds and I'd like to get a little bit more control over myself because I know I don't want to eat that food. I have the intention when I wake up of not eating that food, but every single freaking night I do it. So why do I do it? So I felt a little aimless lately because I just um, just haven't had much busyness and this is kind of the stuff I've been getting into. So I've been getting a lot more intentional about my, my days. You know, if you know me from the podcast, I'm big on intentionality. So I'm trying new things. I'm going to go through four of them that I'm doing. Okay. Number one, I'm waking up each day and I'm journaling. This is something I've done in the past. And it's one of those things that, man, days are so much better when you just spend a little time journaling in the morning. But it's so hard to do. Why is it so freaking hard to do it? And the reason being because it's so easy not to do it, right? And it just takes me like three minutes. I'm just committed to doing it. I've been doing it for about two weeks. And I'm just 
I'm waking up and I'm taking three minutes and I'm writing five things down. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I do and this is how easy it is. Okay. First, I write a few things that I'm grateful for. And as I write it, I'm really trying to feel grateful for it. I'm trying to feel like gratitude and really like visualize that. Okay. I don't spend too much time on that, but I do it really quick. And it could be something like my family. Those are easy ones. But sometimes you got to think like, dude, I'm grateful for hot water. I'm grateful for electricity. I'm grateful for my car, my, my work schedule, my team. There's so much to be grateful for. And it's just fun to kind of pick things that are, I try not to say like my family, my wife, my kids, because those are the easy ones. I look for something else that I'm grateful for. So the second thing I write is one thing to, that's coming up today that I'm excited about, something I'm looking forward to. Now, the third thing is what intention do I want to give this day to make it great? Or in other words, what behaviors or experiences would make this a great day? So what do I want to do today where I can look back on the day and say, this was a great day? The fourth thing is, what did I fail at yesterday? This is usually something to do with cereal for me. That's what, It's almost always like, damn it, you ate great all day and you just blew it right at night. So nice job on that, dumbass. So I just want to write the things that I failed at that I was intentional about, but I didn't like stay true to my commitment. And then five, I just write if yesterday was a good day or not. It's not like, oh, it was okay. This part was good. This part was bad. No, it's like, yes or no, black or white was yesterday a good day. Because I have to remind myself sometimes that, oh, you know, yesterday wasn't that good of a day. And then I think about it, I'm like, no, yesterday was a great day. Every day is great. Okay. But when you, when you don't like write that down and really take that sign to like, just keep that scoreboard, it's like, you know what? Sometimes you can feel like you have a lot of bad days, but when you really think about it, they're not that bad. So like I said, this is not the first time I've done this. But just this three-minute activity will change your whole day. I promise you, okay? You're going to see that life is much better than it seems sometimes, and, and you'll start to have a lot more fulfilling days because it has that intentionality. But again, the hard part is the discipline to do this. So let's talk about discipline. All right, in the book, The Willpower Instinct, it talks about neuroplasticity and how we're wired a certain way, but it's not permanent. Our brains are not permanent. We can alter our minds. We can alter the connections just like we can alter our muscles and make them stronger. So meditation has been something that I've often heard many successful people doing. I've just never done it because I hate doing it, okay? I've tried it. I've tried the apps, and, and I kind of don't really like the apps now after reading this book, but you know, I've tried like Headspace and stuff like that. But it, I've always struggled just to kind of clear my mind and stay in the present, and my mind's always racing. But I read something really cool in this book that made a lot of sense to me. It said that if you consistently meditate, you know, just five minutes a day, you're going to start seeing some changes. But here's the great part is when you have a bad meditation, like where you're finding it difficult to stay focused on your breath, when you're like getting distracted, things like that. Every time you come back and focus on your breath, it makes your brain stronger and it strengthens that part of the brain that's impulsive. And that leads you to make bad choices that feel good in the short term that aren't really aligned with your long-term goals, i.e. my my nighttime eating, or maybe it's uh, going to the office on your non-patient day and working on the business. But for me, I'm really trying to tackle, really trying to tackle the nighttime eating. But that was like a big part for me because I hate it when I meditate because I'm like, I suck at this. I don't like it, but that's the work. That's what it is. It's getting better at that. And when you suck at it, you're actually getting better. So just that little tidbit like made me feel a lot better about meditating. So I'm going to tell you how the book recommends you do it. And this has been proven by research. This will show they do like brain scans showing that the areas of the brain are stronger that deal with self-regulation and, and temptation and willpower. So here's what you do. You sit still, you sit in the dark, you put your hands on your lap or wherever you want, and you just focus on your breath. Long, deep breaths in 
and long, deep exhales out. Okay, you're completely emptying your lungs and you're completely inflating your lungs and you're shooting for about maybe 10 to 15 seconds per cycle of that. So if you could do 10 to 15 seconds, I mean, that's four to five breaths a minute and just do it for five minutes. And I promise you that when you do this, it will feel more like two minutes. It goes by really fast. It's really strange because I think you get into the zone and it just flies. So, you know, it helps if you build up to longer times than five minutes, but just start with five minutes. And each time you get a sensation, like you get an itch or you want to move your leg or move your hand or you hear a sound, you just bring your focus back to your breath and you just ignore that, that sensation. And that's what makes that part of your brain for willpower and self-regulation stronger. So immediately when you start doing this, you're going to feel more calm. Um, you're going to feel more alert during the day. You're going to sleep better. But once you get further along, like three to six weeks, you start to notice more awareness and presence in your life and you're not letting things bother you as much. And, but the real glory, and I'm not there yet, but when you get to that two to three month zone, you're supposed to feel a major boost in the willpower, you know, achieving your goals, letting that intentionality live out in your life. So knowing that I am now motivated to meditate and I've been doing it for a week now. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been doing it very long, but I'm doing it for a week. So we'll see how it goes. Five minutes a day and shit. I could do that. I'm kind of out of solutions for the fact that each night I want to eat, you know, three giant bowls of cereal. So I'm willing to try anything. And I know you're thinking, just get the damn cereal out of your house, Paul, right? That's the easy thing. Like the, like the parents that let their kids eat, drink a bunch of soda. I know that, but my kids like it too. So I'm not going to have a cereal-free household and, and, and I can still enjoy it. I just got just to get it under control, man. Next thing I started doing, I started using my old school alarm clock. Why, you say? Well, I usually use my phone, but phones are draining. They're time-wasting devices. Everybody knows it. So instead of charging my phone in the bedroom, I'm now charging it in my closet. So I can't look at it at night. I don't look at it and respond to emails and texts first thing each morning while I'm laying in bed. And it was hard to get used to. But then after a few days, it started feeling really good. And I, I kind of equate it to how like it felt when, I, when we shut down for COVID and I didn't have the practice. And I was like, wow, the practice was causing me a lot of stress that I didn't realize. When you take your phone away, you start to realize that your phone kind of is it's pretty much, it. I mean, they're great devices. They're, they're so useful, all this information at our fingertips, but they're kind of a drain. And, and you'll realize how much better you are and how much more present you are without your phone. And, and I assure you, like 30 minutes talking to your spouse is, is way better and more connecting than three hours laying next to each other, checking like social media feeds. So I'm using my old school alarm clock and it's really annoying and it goes, eh, eh, eh. But I could probably find a nicer one that's more calm, but I don't care. You know, it's, it's working for me and I'm liking how it feels. So onto my last one, this kind of comes from the dopamine book I read. It said, there's an idea that everything you do has a positive and negative effect on dopamine, like yin and yang, oppositional energies. And I've always joked that drinking is kind of like borrowing happiness from tomorrow with no intentions of paying it back. So the more fun I have, the more I drink tonight, the worse I'm going to feel tomorrow. And for me at 41, it's usually into the next day at this point. But that makes sense that everything that feels good has an opposite negative effect on how it feels. At least anything that feels good using substances, it's going to deplete us after the substance is gone. So like drugs, caffeine, alcohol, even as far as like just scrolling through social media feeds, getting likes on Facebook, those sort of things. And just the other way, something that feels really bad will have a reciprocal good. So how can we make ourselves feel really bad so we can feel good? Are you following me? I hope so. 
So here's what, here's what I'm trying. And I've been doing this for about a month now, and I really, really like it. I'm doing cold showers. I know you've heard of people taking cold showers. I've been running the shower as cold as it goes for like three minutes each day. And you know what? It sucks for like 20 to 30 seconds. Like your body's like screaming, like, what the hell are you doing, dumbass? And then it just feels normal. And the water no longer feels cold. And I even had my wife come in and check it. Like when I'm like two minutes in, I'm like, feel this. Is this still cold water? She's like, oh my God, it's so cold. It's weird. It's like your body just gets used to it. Kind of like when you jump in like a cold pool or a lake. And it's been proven that this has a positive effect on mood, blood pressure, your cognitive abilities. But all I can say is like my personal experience is that it feels great. I I can't say that I look forward to doing that cold shower, but after that first 20 to 30 seconds, it's easy and it feels great. So surely you would have the willpower to summon the energy to try this, right? It's just 20 to 30 seconds of discomfort. You just breathe through it and be patient. And it's like, holy moly, what am I doing? And I want to progress. I'm, I'm getting up to like almost five minutes each day. And, you know, it's not like I couldn't sit in there longer. Just sometimes it's just kind of boring just sitting there under cold water. But I mean, you can get up to like, we're doing your like cold water baths. Those are even better. So it's like you can progress to get the same effect, but it does have a positive effect, especially on your psyche. So I've been really liking it. So those are my uh, four new hacks that I'm working on. So I believe in intentionality. You know this. I'm getting more intentional about my days. When, when we look at the people that we want to be like, we have to ask ourselves, what kind of things do they do? And if we do those same sort of things, are we going to get the same, same or similar results? Yeah, you betcha we are, right? So try these things out. Let me know what you think. Next week, I got a really, really cool episode, really unusual. I got it with my guest is someone who disliked dentistry so much, she quit being a dentist. And there's a lot of lessons and a lot of things to learn from it. It's a great interview, and I know you're going to love it. So until next time, y'all, you guys all have a great week, and we'll talk to you.